Millennium Home is a space where we can all engage about self-love, self-worth, relationships, trauma and healing. I hope that you enjoy your stay and I am your host, Tando. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Honey I'm Home. We're at the end of August. It felt like a really long month, but I'm blessed, super, super happy because everything that I really needed to happen finally happened in this month that I choose to call the month of abundance. And I really hope that you had your full circle moment or you saw one of your goals actualize. And I think the more work you do on yourself, the easier it is for you to attract the things that you actually want. And it's the most beautiful thing. And you only ever see it after you've done a lot of work on yourself and your confidence and your networking skills and all those tools that really help you to get where you want to be. So I'm really happy about how this month went. If you didn't have a great month, I hope September will be better for you. And I hope that we can try again. And once again, you can start over as many times as you want. So be it in your friendships, your relationships, work, personal life. If you feel like there's a place where you need to start over, just pick yourself up and we try again. You know, this time we know something different so we can approach the problem differently. But today's episode, I'm really excited about it because I asked you guys to send me questions or topics for what you would like for me to speak about. I received a lot and that actually made me so happy because it means you guys are actively engaging with the platform, which is what I really, really want. And it also showed me that a lot of people are starting to ask themselves the right questions, right? Because If you're posing that topic to me, it means you had to have explored something before that or it means you are well on your journey to kind of tackle whatever it is that you are dealing with. And I really love it when we all prioritize self-care and we prioritize healing. So welcome to the last episode of August of the Rescue, Rebuild and Restoration Month. Next month, we are speaking Everything Change. And this is where we leave our Rescue, Rebuild and Restoration. Let's get right into it. So I'll just read the questions that I had received. Some of the questions I will not be able to tackle solely because I haven't experienced what people were asking about. For example, someone was asking about the emotions that a young parent might you know experience and especially if the father leaves during the pregnancy or after the pregnancy and I am not a mother I haven't gone through a situation like that and I don't want to give advice based on what I've heard other people say so it would be best if we do have an episode where somebody actually speaks on their experience then the second thing is there are some questions that were a bit personal and I've always said this on the platform that yes I am sharing my own personal experiences but there are things that I tend to not share on social media so the company that I work for the person that I am in a relationship with some of my memories on my moments with my family and my friends I just want to keep those to me because there's this thing on social media where we just overshare and I think some things belong to you and some things belong to the people that are in and around your life and so yeah those are the things that I will not be engaging in at the moment but let's get into it 
This one was a recurring question, actually, and people were asking me, how do you deal with self-sabotage or how do you stop self-sabotaging? Self-sabotage is one of those things that you can only deal with if you are self-aware. If you are not able to recognize your patterns or where you actually fall short or where you fall off, then it's very hard for you to realize that you are self-sabotaging. And if you are not able to look at yourself and see that you are the problem, then it's very hard for you to actually deal with the self-sabotage and understanding when you actually self-sabotage will help you. I'll give you guys an example. It happens a lot in friendships or relationships where you had experienced really, really terrible connections with people, unhealthy and not good for your mental well-being to a point where you think you are not deserving of the love that is healthy. And when you meet someone who actually treats you like an egg, you think you don't deserve that solely because you're so used to the darkness and you self-sabotage by assuming how the other person is feeling and projecting your past onto that person so I always go into connections with a new headspace and it's it's really really hard because you want to guard your heart and you want to guard yourself so that you don't keep repeating the same patterns but being aware of when to leave is what is going to guide you more than you assuming what the other person is thinking I have a really good support structure with regards to, you know, my friendships. And so it's very easy for me to send the situation to a friend and say, this is what I'm experiencing. Do you think I'm overreacting? And nine out of 10 times, my friends will guide me in the right direction, but also reading a lot of books around the emotions that you might feel. Because if you exist in your own world, that is all that you know. So being able to read and open up a different channel allows you to navigate self-sabotage differently. And there are a lot of books out there, self-help books. People don't actually like self-help books because they feel as though you might close the book and still be the same person. But self-help books only ever work if you put in the work. If you implement whatever lesson was being taught, then you are at a better standing than if you don't implement, then it just means you just enriched your vocabulary and your grammar, but nothing else. So you actively need to put in the work and being able to see through the lessons and breaking that cycle. It all begins in your mind. Knowing that you are deserving and knowing where you stand will allow you to actually go for the things that you want. So self-sabotaging also in in projects, at work, in your own personal life, it starts with the small things. So if you set yourself a goal to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and you wake up at 5.15, it might seem insignificant, but the more self-sabotage you do on small doses, the easier it would be for you to do them like at large. So being able to practice discipline every single day, waking up when you need to wake up, doing the tasks that you need to do and not procrastinating. I know we procrastinate because we know we will get it done in any case, but being able to follow a routine and being very disciplined and also being disciplined in the things that you say to yourself because then they reflect in the things that you will say to other people and the things you think about other people. So practice the love on yourself first and then you will be able to receive it from other people. And I stop self-sabotage by just putting myself in positions where it's very hard for me to look down on myself. 
and shooting for opportunities that I know I am capable of. And when I shoot for an opportunity that I think is out of my abilities, my capability, what I do do is I let my family and my friends know that, listen, I'm trying to do this. Do you think it's something I should be doing? And your friends will affirm you because we do need affirmation at the end of the day and validation. So being able to hear it from the next person, but also knowing your abilities, knowing what you are willing to do, at what extent are you willing to do it at. So that is how I deal with self-sabotage, but it's different for different contexts. You just need to get to know yourself. The second one is what tools have helped you on your journey of self? I really like this question because there are a lot of tools that have helped me and I never really looked at it in depth until I had this question asked. And you pick up a lot of tools on the way, you pick up habits, you pick up really great ways of looking at things and your perspective changes a lot. You see the world from a different glance and it's just really amazing. So the first tool that has really, really helped me in my self-care journey and journeying back to self, definitely books. I say this all the time, but truly reading a lot more and understanding other people's journeys and how they align with mine and navigating that self-love journey in a way in which they also navigated it. Because one thing about experience is that it will teach you that every single person's journey is different, but the common thing is the lessons that we learn. The difference is what we choose to take from those lessons. So very same thing as if we are all going through breakups, what is the one thing we are being taught? And that is to leave when there is no love being served on the table. And when you don't leave fast enough, then you, st you start experiencing different things. You start experiencing different sides to the person and different sides to yourself. So we all learn kind of the same lesson or the same principles and what you choose to take from it is what sets you apart from the next person. So definitely reading just to also broaden the horizon and to see things differently. And the next one is exposure therapy. I never really got into it until I started going to therapy and my therapist exposed me to this form of therapy. And I think I've explained this before, but exposure therapy is exposing yourself to the triggers and the signals that really send you off or that damaged you in the past and the more I expose myself to these triggers the easier it is for me to handle those triggers for example one trigger would be people speaking about being cheated on in their relationships or how they dealt with cheating I don't ignore that type of content anymore I choose to engage with it and I choose to give people the advice because the more I avoided it the harder it was for me to actually acknowledge the fact that in my previous relationships, I had to deal with cheating and it became so hard for me to a point where if I engaged with someone new, I thought they would cheat on me. So now I don't go into relationships thinking that the person would cheat on me. I just express myself as openly as I can that cheating is a deal breaker for me. And so if they do cheat, I will leave at the first straw, right? So exposure therapy is, is really great. If, for example, the trigger is too hard for you to carry, for example, if 
you know, you live with someone who is abusing you or someone who is treating you in a manner in which they shouldn't, it's it's harder in that sense because you don't want to kind of expose yourself to that situation. But for most part, you could do that for most triggers. So getting to know my triggers, getting to know what ticks me off and the things that lead me towards darkness. And the next thing, definitely journaling, meditating and doing yoga. I do a lot of yoga nowadays. I'm so into yoga because it allows for me to calm down. And I do it because I want to just always be peaceful. Meditating so I can always be in touch with different parts of my body. And the nice thing about meditation is that if you feel pain like in certain areas of your body, you're able to just focus on that and kind of lessen the pain by calming down and drawing all your attention to that pain point. So meditating, doing yoga, journaling, so that I also figure out the way forward. And when I look back at my journal entries, I'm more aware of how I got to where I am now, of what I had to do, of what I had to change. And it's always a mood booster when I see how far I have come on my journey. And going on the self-love journey, you need to understand that you will document things a lot. You will become more aware of yourself. You will become more aware of your surroundings. And I also document my life quite a bit. Every single day, I find something that I'm intrigued by or something that fascinates me or something that I want to document in my life. Even if it's just me drinking coffee or me at the gym, I really like doing that because Every time I look at my pictures, I realize that there's so much to live for and there's so much to fall in love with. And if you are able to romanticize your life, you fall more in love with it. So those are the tools that I have used. I'm just going to do a quick recap. So reading a lot of books, going to therapy, exposure therapy, meditation, yoga and journaling and all of these things at the core of it is peace inner peace and contentment in any phase of my life that I go through. I'm not saying there are days where I don't experience darkness. I do experience a lot of darkness, but how I deal with it is cultivating peace, making decisions from a point of peace so that I know for a fact that that is what I want and that is the route that I want to take. There's nothing as frustrating as making decisions from a point where you're extremely happy or extremely unhappy because both parts the emotion will kind of like direct the decision that you make so you want to be at a very peaceful place and I've been cultivating a lot of peace in my life a lot of contentment a lot of gratitude and that is why whenever I do take on different habits and different tools I ask myself will this cultivate peace or will it take it from my peace same thing, if I am choosing to enter into friendships and relationships and business partnerships, how much of my peace is on the line? And how much of my peace will I have to sacrifice to ensure that this thing works out? If at any point in time I have to sacrifice my peace, then it is not for me. And that is just something that I have said for myself and that is what I use to direct my own life. 
The next one is when do you know a friendship has run its course? So we had a conversation with Mashale about watering dead plants. And I think that episode kind of answers this question. But in a nutshell, you will know a friendship has run its course if it no longer serves where you are. If you are not feeling the same way as you used to feel, if you're not getting what you need to be getting from the friendship. And you know what? Inherently, as human beings, we are selfish in the kind of connections that we form. And I want you guys to think about the relationships that you have, both platonically and romantically, and think about would you leave the friendship if you were not getting that priority thing that you're getting, okay? doesn't have to be materialistic. So if you are not getting the support that you're getting from that friend, would you leave that friendship? If you're not getting that peace that comes with the friendship, would you leave that friendship? If you're not getting the reciprocation, would you leave? If you're not getting the love, the energy, would you leave that relationship? So if you answered yes, then it goes to show that we form relationships because they benefit us and as we should. Because there's no reason why you should have someone in your life if you don't benefit a single thing. So for me, I always judge by the benefit, the return on investment. But also, do I genuinely still care about putting in the effort? Do I want to pick up my phone every single day, call you, text you, find out how you're doing? And are you also doing the same thing? Is there still that mutual respect, the mutual love, the mutual reciprocation of energy And if at any point in time I had to experience something, would you be the first person that I tell? And that is just how I judge my friendships and my relationships. And I hope the people in my life also use that matrix because it's very good to always reflect on how far your friendship has come, but never holding on to how long you guys have known each other for. Because once it runs its course, you just need to let it run its course and you just need to let go of that friendship. There's no point in holding on. It's almost as if you are holding on to a knife. And the longer you hold on to it, the deeper it will cut. So letting go early enough will benefit you. And if you don't feel the same about the person anymore and you feel as though you can grow more with other people, then do that. And I think we shouldn't despise endings because that ending of the friendship is the beginning of another friendship. And so... Just changing your perspective, changing how you look at things and allowing for people to find themselves outside of you. And those people also allowing you to find yourself outside of them. That's the beauty of friendships. No one belongs to a single person. Same as in relationships. Same as the things that you have in and around your house. At some point, you'll need to let them go. The quicker you let them go, the easier and the less trauma that you collect. But... The episode titled Stop Watering Dead Plants has all the answers and I think you guys should listen to that one. The next one says, I've been a mess and need to restart this life thing from scratch. I constantly feel like no one is there for me and I have no friends. (sighs) Yeah, I've been there before. I truly have been there before. And I think everyone does get to a point where they feel as though They don't have the right people surrounding them or they don't have friends who are genuine enough and need to kind of like drop everything and start over. And a lot of people do struggle 
with starting over or picking themselves up. It's very valid because it's scary. It is terrifying to just drop everything, drop everyone, isolate for a couple of months and then come back a different person because you also realize that the people that you are surrounded by will hold you to the person that you were and the person that they know. And so you changing changes everything completely. But I love the idea of being able to start over, having the privilege to just let go of certain friendships, let go of certain relationships and let go of certain habits. But I think the beauty of it as well is the fact that it is context specific. So some people do seek change in their environment and they move to different cities and that's how they start over. Some people seek change in their friendships. So they let go of the friendship and they start over with different people. So depending on what it is that you want to redo or depending on the phase in your life that no longer serves you and you wanting to let it go up in flames so that you can be able to move forward and find peace and find healing and find so much light so that you then move forward and attract other people. But one thing I always do is write myself a letter at every point of my starting over It does seem as if it's a lot of work and it's a lot of touching points with yourself. But writing the letter to the person that you're letting go of. So if you're letting go of certain habits, writing a letter to that habit. If you're writing a letter to a friend that you need to let go of, writing that letter. Writing a letter to an opportunity that you wanted for so long but now that it's here... You feel as though you're not the same person that wanted it and you want to let go of that opportunity. Write a letter. Write an open and honest letter to that thing or that person and then burn that letter. Read it and then burn it. And I think that gives you so much peace. And when you're writing, it gives you clarity of why you are letting go and it affirms that that is what you want when you put black on white everything starts becoming very clear all your thoughts all your emotions now on paper and when you read it cry about it scream about it but then burn the paper and you'll feel much lighter but if that doesn't work for you i think speaking to the people will then make you feel lighter but i genuinely don't tend to like speaking to people whilst my wounds are open because What if they open the wounds a little bit more? And I want to be able to handle my own problems and my own wounds until I am able to open up to the next person. So write that letter. That will be the first step. The second step is for you to exist in a different form and try to imagine yourself having completely started over And not exposing yourself to that stimuli. So if you want to let go of a friendship, ensuring that for a couple of days you distance yourself from that friendship. If you're letting go of an opportunity or you're letting go of a city, try to also find different opportunities, find a different city. I'll make an example. Kay Yams said in one of her vlogs that she moved to Cape Town for two weeks. So she went to Cape Town for two weeks, booked out a place, And she did things in Cape Town to kind of feel if she's ready for moving and starting over completely. 
And I think everyone should do that if you have the privilege to be able to go to that new space that you want to be in and experience that space before you fully make up your mind. That is something that, you know, you could explore. But for me, definitely trying for a couple of weeks to disconnect from the stimuli and then seeing if that's actually what I want. Sometimes you might just be directed by your emotions, fueled by that anger you're feeling at the moment, and you realize that you actually can't do life without that person or that opportunity or that place that you're in. Then now you can go back and just ask for redirection rather than starting over completely. But the greatest thing about starting over is that you never start from scratch. You never start from ground zero. Because now you have the tools, you have the knowledge, you have some people that you've collected on your journey. So definitely you're never, ever starting from scratch. Yes, you might have to let go of certain things, but you have the right tools that you need in that phase. And that's something that always comforts me is that I might not have everything that I desire right now, but I have every single thing I need in this phase of my life to be able to complete this phase and move on to the next And you don't always have to know what's next or you don't have to know what's going to happen if you completely start over because your purpose will find you in that season. You just have to take care of where you are and everything will reveal itself as it should. So that is how I start over. Just writing the letter, again, journaling, making sure that I express all the emotions that I'm feeling and then disconnecting from the stimuli, disconnecting from the people. And then the last thing is seeing if I can actually exist in that form. And then the next one is, when am I going to do another self-care challenge? I'm not going to do another self-care challenge purely because when I did the self-care challenge, I just wanted to show everyone how easy it is for you to prioritize yourself. And I think everyone kind of now has an idea of how they can take care of themselves. And if you did the challenge, then you know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And then you develop your own self-care routine. I think it's very important for us to have agency over our own lives and to be able to pick up the things we like doing and the things we don't like doing. And maybe if this year taught you a lot about slowing down, relaxing and resting, that is how you return back to yourself. If it taught you that you need to be out with people, find a different friendship circle that is how you return back to yourself so I will not be doing another one I will keep the one that I have on all my social media platforms and you can always go back to it for inspiration but I really do think that at this point in time everyone should develop their own routine and what works for them and you're more than welcome to just share with me what you are doing to take care of yourself or to tag me in any posts of you taking better care of yourself I really appreciate when everyone takes better care of themselves because then ultimately it helps everyone around them. It's so inspiring when you look at someone's Instagram or you look at their story and they're prioritizing themselves because it also inspires you to take better care of yourself. So I'm very keen to see how you guys prioritize yourself, but I will not be doing another one. Sorry. The next one is how's your relationship with other people and how do you balance giving grace? I like this question a lot. I really really like this question and my relationships are they all have their pros and they all have their cons but I think the one thing that I really love about all of them is the respect that 
we all pay to each other primarily in my friendships because I really value friends who respect my boundaries friends who respect me as a person and not only because they are my friend but even if we were to fall out I know that they're the type of people who wouldn't take what I said in confidence and put it out to the world I also really appreciate the support that my friends give me but one thing I will say is that the pandemic kind of did do a number on my relationships because of the fact that I'm not so much a phone person and I tend to take a lot of time to reply to messages to get back to calls and I'm more the person who wants to go out for lunch wants to go out for a spa date and so my friendships before the pandemic were much much healthier than they are at the moment but they are still healthy it's just that it takes a lot for me to be able to communicate with my friends even though I do do a lot of social media content creation just being on my phone for 12 hours speaking to someone doesn't sound realistic I'd rather do a call but what I have been learning is I need to prioritize my friendships and my relationships if I want them to survive and I want to sustain those friendships and I've been learning a lot about how to find different modes of communication with my friends I don't always have to be texting them I can video call them and I can call them or we can set up virtual dates and just catch up once a week and also setting that boundary of when my friends can call me and when I can call them and how often should we call each other that for me never that for me was never a problem because I never really had to speak to my friends as much over the phone because I saw them every single day but I haven't seen some of my friends in about two years since I moved from Cape Town. So it has been a little bit difficult, but I guess you kind of learn how to navigate different spaces and you have to adapt or you die, right? But in terms of my friendships being very healthy, I think it all depends on people putting in the effort. We do have our places of lack, but I don't think they override the places of abundance and most of my friendships are with people who are busy in any case. So that is one thing I always look for in friendships and relationships. I'd like for people who are busy to surround me because I'm always so busy. So I don't ever want to feel as though I am neglecting someone because I'm always busy. Because if they are busy and I'm busy, then nobody kind of notices that we aren't necessarily speaking every single day. I know that is unhealthy, but I found that it's just always worked for me that way when everyone is kind of going on and about with their own lives and we just catch up. But yeah, just to summarize how my relationships are, I think there are a lot of areas of work. But with that being said, the respect for me is the biggest thing and the support and the love and the constant assurance and knowing that God doesn't put people in your life that aren't meant to be in your life. And even if we were to fall out now, I think I've learned how to love more, to not have a God up my heart and to just trust people and to fall freely knowing that people will catch me. And the second part is, and how do I balance giving grace to people? This one has a lot to do with reciprocation. So reciprocating the grace that I do give to people but also understanding how people function you will know your friends you will know your partner you'll know your family members your business partners well enough 
if you spend a lot of time with them and you guys communicate on things that are very important to you guys and it's open and honest communication so if one of my friends does something that is out of character I'm able to pick it up and I can extend grace to them because it's one of those things where you are human and you do make a mistake so reasoning being very logical and not allowing my emotions to direct what I say or do with my friends and also the grace that I extend to myself I need to be honest with myself there are some times where I know I messed up and I can't keep extending grace to myself I need to sit myself down and have a talk with myself and say yeah we messed up how can we move forward and what do we do to make sure that the people who were involved know that you're sorry and that you will not do it again or if there was no one who was harmed how do you make sure that you don't repeat the same mistake so being very honest life requires a lot of honesty and that is something that a lot of people don't realize you will need to have the most serious and most uncomfortable conversations of your life with your friends your family members everyone and yourself and you need to always prepare yourself for those conversations you can't run away from them because you don't become a better person by hiding away you become a better person by opening yourself up by having the ability to communicate effectively not just communicate but communicate effectively so that is how i balance giving grace there are sometimes where you see that a person is actually not even sorry about what they did because they don't apologize number one they don't acknowledge what happened so in those time periods you just don't give grace to people the next one is have you learned to not take things personally if so how and any advice Yes I have. Yes I have. Truly I have. And how I learned that was through experiences that showed me that things that happen have very little to do with me but with the person who's doing it. And I think once you understand that life becomes so much easier and sweeter because if you don't return my call it's because you were busy and that has to do with you. If you don't return my call, it's because you didn't want to and that has to do with you. If you didn't return my call, it's because you don't think it's, you know, important enough for, for you to return the call and that is a you thing. It's not necessarily a me thing unless you are upset at me, but even when you are upset at me, you should be grown up enough to actually let me know that I can't speak to you right now because you hurt me in such a way and so I always take things as they come. If a person doesn't approach me with anything that they feel hurt them in relation to what I did or said or what I didn't do or didn't say, then it's none of my business. And also understand that people are going through a lot, hey? Like it's really ever about us. People are going through their own problems. People are going through problems that were projected onto them by other people. And so you have to realize when it is about you and when it's not about you. And most of the time it's not about you. That also comes with maturity and knowing that as you grow up, people will have problems and they will need to isolate so that they can come back and be better. And there are a lot of people who like dealing with their problems on their own first and then reaching out and saying, this is what has been happening. And even then, don't be upset that people didn't tell you about what they're going through. If I happen to, you know, just go off the radar completely for a couple of months 
I think it is my responsibility to alert the people close to me that I will not be able to communicate with you guys, but I will let you know. So that is a two-way street, okay? You acknowledging the fact that the person will reach out to you if they need you and also the person telling you that I'm just dealing with a lot and I won't be able to communicate at the moment and that, you know, we just leave it there. But I think when I realized that people are going through a lot I stopped making things about myself and it's also to lessen the burden on the next person you don't want someone going through something and you always pestering them about answering your messages giving grace again and giving them space is the best thing you can do and if something was done to me where the intention was malicious then I will start taking things personally and I'd have to act accordingly. But nine out of ten times, people don't do things to you maliciously. They don't sit down with a notebook and they calculate every single move to say, I'm going to harm Tando in this way. I'm going to harm Tando in that way. And this will be the outcome. This will be the result. I don't think that's how it works. And so choosing to see the good until people show you the bad will get you so far in life. Or you could work backwards, choosing to see the bad in everyone until people prove themselves good. But I guess if they are already in your life, you've already evaluated everything. So that is how I don't take things personally. I don't know, you guys can also let me know how you got to a point where you don't take things personally. And also just don't have, like, just be a person who is about their money, about their bag about their business about their water about their health and chill like just really 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 take it easy take it slow don't be minding too much about what the person didn't do what they did if they replied to your messages five hours later just be so busy about your own life that you really ever notice the small stuff and that is how you actually make friendships work if you're going to take note of every single thing you will drive yourself crazy and in driving yourself crazy you're going to assume so many things that are offside and you will just slowly fall out of love with your friends and yourself and your people so just be very busy with your own life you know okay so this is the last one there were so many other ones but just for the sake of this recording being under an hour this is the last one so it says hey I have noticed that my friends rarely ever tell me about their achievements and I always see them on social media. What should I do and should I see this as a sign of me not being trustworthy? That is a layered question and I really like this question and I left it to the end because I want to be able to dissect it well enough and as sensitive as I can. But your friends not telling you about their achievements has very little to do with you. I know that it's a lot easier to tell people about your achievements if they have been there from the beginning of whatever it is that I've achieved, right? So if you knew that I was looking for a job from when I started looking for a job and you had been supporting me throughout that entire period, then it's only fair that I keep you updated every single day. And there are some friendships where you don't talk to the person every day and you update each other once a month. And that's when you can utilize that opportunity to tell the people about that opportunity. But also, I rarely ever tell people about my achievements if there wasn't any support in that department. 
And so it's very important to kind of note if the person was part of that journey and how important it is for you to know about that opportunity. And also evaluate if your friends tell you about their dark days more than they do about their good days because in that case they might be using you as the savior where when they are down and out you are the go-to person but when it's all roses and daisies you are not the person that they will tell in that kind of situation I would tell you to leave the friendship because they are using you as an emotional damp and so be very mindful of which opportunities they choose to share with you which phases of their lives they want you to walk with them but also are you guys speaking every day are you in the same city are you currently in a phase in your lives where you want to share everything with each other or are you also just letting the friendship run dry you know so being very aware of the nature of the friendship is important. So if you guys have always shared the good and the bad and they just stop randomly sharing, then that might be a point where you guys need to start working and figuring things out. And then also bringing it up with them. I think this you lose nothing by bringing it up, by bringing things up in your friendship. And you know your friends well enough to know how to approach them. I would suggest approaching them in a manner in which is very sensitive because you don't want to seem as if you are the person who just always wants to be their go-to person. And also maybe reevaluating how you've responded to the news I've shared before. Maybe you are not as receiving as you could have been or maybe you didn't even hold enough space. And do you also check up on your friends? Do you make the effort to find out what is happening in their lives because if they are not telling you about anything, maybe it means that you are not putting aside enough time to speak or you're not holding the space for them to be able to speak to you about those things and how do you react. Or maybe they've just grown to be people who just don't share as much in the beginning. And I understand with the whole sharing thing on social media and finding out on social media it is painful, but also reevaluate exactly where things went wrong. Sometimes it's really just not about you. And if you do see it on social media, just congratulate them. Just say, hey, friend, congratulations. I saw this on your social media. I'm happy for you, whatever it is. And that's it. And we move on like that, you know. So sometimes you don't really need to be doing too much thinking. You don't need to be hell-bent over finding out what it is or finding a solution or finding a problem it might have just been a time where they just really felt as though they wanted to share with the world and social media has really made it so that we share on social media first before we share with anyone else and yes it is kind of problematic but maybe they receive more love on social media by sharing on social media as opposed to sharing with you so I hope that helps. I really hope that helps. And I hope to everyone who asked me a question that I answered it to the best of my abilities. And I will have a part two because I didn't get to answer a lot of the questions. And I really enjoy your questions as well. But until next time, I hope you guys take care of yourselves. I hope you prioritize yourselves. I hope you chase your dreams. And I hope that you take the time to just disconnect from the world. This week, two hours, switch your phone off, disconnect, play some music 
do some yoga, meditate, make a green smoothie, chill in your lounge, chill in your room. Just find a quiet space for you to go back to self. And I'll see you guys in a different episode. But before that, please do leave me a review and a rating. I really appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. See you guys in September. Everything change, adapting to change, seeking for change and welcoming change. Thank you so much. I love and appreciate you. Goodbye.